in Asheville. How you doing, sir? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Pretty good. We were uh, we were talking earlier about. Did you see that story about this attorney, this woman who said that she was so dismayed by the Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, death that rather than doing this <laughs> in her car, um, she instead joined the Church of Satan. Did you? Well, that's kind of on brand for attorneys, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah, I yeah, kid the attorneys. I kid. So so. Uh, then I saw this. The Church of Satan uh, tweeted that uh, they don't want her. <laughs> you just got disowned by the Dark Lord, ma'am. Right. And uh, I'm not aware. Yeah, I wasn't aware that they had, you know, they had the the membership roles large enough to be just turning people away like that. Well, they feel that it's a political activist group who's using scandalous language to get press attention in their name, mm. and they're not okay with that. So. So they're saying that would be wrong? The Satanists are saying something yes. would be wrong? Interesting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's a, it's a strange world, man, and very strange up in uh, your neck of the woods. So is it? how do you get a manure-filled coffin? Is that a Postmates thing? How does that work? They, they put out a flyer. They said, hey, uh, show up, You know, bring your shields and masks and bags of dirt. And I remember looking at this flyer, and I was like, bags of dirt? Why are they soliciting bags of dirt? And uh, it became obvious when they showed up and filled the coffin with manure and dirt and put it in the police department. The cops then uh, dumped it outside in their uh, in their flower beds. And um, and then, of course, the activists, these are the uh, the Marxist revolutionary LARPers that, uh, you know, are totally going to make utopia in downtown Asheville after they get rid of all of the capital investment and tourists um, right. and, and cops. Uh, and then then they will have their true utopia. And uh, they, of course, were taking to the social media saying that uh, that the coffin was actually a stunt that the cops did themselves. They brought the coffin. They filled that, it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah. They said, well, how would they have gotten it up there? And the best, res- without getting, uh, you know, stopped. And the best response I saw was somebody pointing out that if the police had to arrest every 200 pound bag of S word um, <laughs> that moved across their parking lot, they'd be very busy. Yeah. So, that was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it was, and, and this is what they do. They have to, we talked about this last week, I think the intersectionality of this mob in yeah. Asheville. Because, like, here's the thing they have, they, the, the ones who are organizing this, they're anti tourists. They're, they, they are Marxist revolutionaries, right? They are the, they, they're all out of a communist anarchist bookstore, uh, in West Asheville. And, uh, they, they're the sort of organizers of this stuff, but they can't get enough people to actually show up at their rallies or their protests and demonstrations if it's just about the hotels and tourists. And so they have to try to like bring in all these different things. And so when the the uh, announcement was made out of, in the Brianna Taylor uh, case up in Kentucky, they used that and they said, "Hey, we're going to march for Brianna Taylor." Oh, and also the tourists and uh, you know anti hotels as well. And so they keep trying to glom on to these other types of uh, current events in order to swell the ranks because Asheville does not have a very large African American population, which really hinders their ability to mobilize right. lots of people it's just a whole bunch of you know white antifa kids i didn't seem to stop them in durham they were uh, doing their their best to destruct some 40 businesses the other day um let me ask about this though um so the tourist disruption how did that go because that was that was the game plan last saturday right yeah it didn't there, there, there weren't. A, I saw virtually no reports no. of any harassment. There wasn't really anything that happened. Um, 
And I think that's like to the point, they can't organize a strictly anti-tourist, anti-hotel, anti-gentry kind of a, a, a demonstration. So they rely on these other events to swell the ranks and then they go out and, you know, yell at cops and bring them poo. Yes, and and the Asheville City Council, uh, they wanted, they were asking the Asheville City Council to cut police budget fifty percent, right? Correct. Um, yes, they got what three percent, and it's like animal control. Yeah, am they're I, gonna. Am I yeah. interpreting this? No, no, you got it. They're they're gonna okay. shift around some money. It's like three percent of the total budget and uh, of the police budget. And uh, yeah, so just a little bit under the 50% mark. But what they keep, and this is what the council keeps telling these radicals is that, look, we're trying to get there. We want to get there. We are in solidarity with you. We just can't do it all at once. And uh, the chief made a point about this uh, in a Q&A with the council this week when he's, they were asking about, like, what happens if people are calling the, the uh, 911 system. And he says, if you if you immediately shift everything away you're going to have calls that just don't get answered. Like literally you're going to call 911 and there won't be anybody there. Uh, Or you're going to have, or not or, but, and you have to train people. If you're going to start replacing cops with different types of, you know, the, you know, social workers or whatever to respond to different types of calls, then you're going to have to train the 911 operators, the dispatchers and such. They're going to have to have way more training in order to what he calls triage them, right? To send them to the appropriate people and have the appropriate responses because you know a bad read on a phone call to 911 you could end up sending a social worker to a violent crime scene well and and remember we had that story uh was it baltimore philadelphia where the where the police officer was attacked by that man with the knife Mm -hmm. and then we uh and and shot him on the sidewalk in front of that row house no no that was in pennsylvania it was in um, philadelphia i thought uh, yeah no it wasn't philly it was one of some other smaller town but yeah and in that case, that call was, here's somebody who has XYZ emotional issue, is not taking their medication. And that's the kind of call that I've heard people suggest that a social worker should go on. Right. That's, if you're a social worker, you want no part of that. That's a dude <laughs> with a knife chasing you. Right. You're not and, trained for that. And look, and yeah, if you watch the video, how fast did that occur, right? Got, yes, a cop exactly. walks up to the door and all of a sudden, you know, out barges a guy with a knife trying to murder you. And that's how fast it happens. And if you're not trained for that kind of a response, because like your brain does not operate that quickly. It's all it's all your training. It's all muscle memory at that point. I know that there is a concerted effort and a, uh, a super uh, huge GOP effort to steal votes in this state, but I'm still <laughs> struck by the lack of interest in this story about the Board of Elections, a, a, a negotiation to accept uh, some sort of uh, uh, settlement by this lawsuit, which was brought by an AFL-CIO entity that Josh Stein spoke to uh, as a featured speaker at their annual event a year and a half ago. Uh, people are people are really missing the mark on how good old boy backroom deal this whole thing is, especially considering that the legislature, bipartisan, overwhelmingly, already made changes to our election system. Is this going to pick up steam now that Dan is trying to get Bill Barr, that uh, Dan Ford is trying to get Bill Barr associated, or what do you think? I don't know. I've seen some. Uh, it, it seems to now have gotten hold. Uh, I saw a Gateway Pundit. Uh, did a story on it, and so I think we're kind of going to get off to the races here, uh, because yeah, it it just it it smacks of 
uh, of backroom dealing because you've got a Democrat, as you mentioned, this Democrat-affiliated organization represented by Mark Elias, big-time Democrat lawyer, who, by the way, represented Roy Cooper in the 2016 recount. Uh, he yeah. then sues the Board of Elections, which is, you know, appointed by Governor Cooper, Democrat-controlled. And uh, so he, so you got a Democrat suing a Democrat agency uh, on behalf of Democrats, and then they enter into this agreement in a court, and it's going to be approved by a judge who is also a Democrat, same judge who called the General Assembly a usurper institution, right? This is a an illegitimate uh, legislature, so I'm pretty sure I know which way he's going to go on this. Uh, and so they, it, it's a way that you do an end run around the legislature, and they've been doing it, uh, my friend A.P. Dillon, North State Journal, she points out the EPA, like this is the way the EPA has been operating for a very long time. You get uh, you get a nonprofit or an outside group to sue the agency. They then enter a consent agreement, and this way you don't actually have to legislate anything. And in fact, this undoes uh, legislation that, as you mentioned, was bipartisan uh, approved and the governor signed. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have AP on the show uh, a lot, and I would encourage people to read the North State Journal article that she wrote entitled Forrest asks feds to investigate consent order, uh, Democrat collusion. Yeah. She does a very good job of laying all this out. Simultaneously, there's a meeting, I guess, what, today, where they're going to talk about uh, uh, releasing the minutes and what is an effort to look transparent here. But it doesn't negate what the problem is, because in it, if you release the minutes, you're going to see you'll see the notes from it. But the claim by by the uh, the two board members that resigned is that essentially Stein withheld information, right? That there were legal rulings that actually counteracted some of the things agreed to in here. And he came in and gave a very rosy scenario that pushed only in one direction rather than full disclosure as per uh, would be a lawyer's requirement because he's technically the lawyer for the board in this instance. Right. Is that and how you understand it? Absolutely. And and it's I'm not clear if it was Stein himself or people from his office, but yes, that's Fair the alleg- yeah, that's the allegation is that they were not told about for example there was a prior case by a federal judge, another case in a state court three judge panel that all went essentially, you know, against what these litigants were demanding. So why would you advise the Board of Elections to take this settlement deal when you've already won on the merits of the issues? previously why would you recommend that also they say they were not told uh they or you know they were not informed about how uh this would impact the witness signatures because i mean it's kind of amazing if you think about this after everything we went through with the ninth congressional district and the ballot harvesting operation down there they're now trying to weaken the ballot harvesting uh safeguards basically right with this witness signature so if i you know if i fill out a ballot and i send it in and i don't have a witness signature on it then the Board of Elections just contacts me and says, hey, you didn't have a witness signature. Uh, so then I just cure it, quote-unquote cure it, by simply signing my name to a to a affidavit and just saying that, oh, yeah, I had a witness. And that's it. So you basically, yes. you, you've removed the witness requirement that was in the legislation. So again, this is an end run around the law. And they can they can try to excuse this any way they want to and say, oh, well, the Republicans agreed to it. It doesn't negate the fact that it is an end run around the legislation and and it was our the witness requirement was already halved under the legislation that yeah. they agreed to yeah and so in fact there, there was movement there already there was a, a so I, I spoke with uh dr andy jackson from the civitas institute the other day on the show which by the way people can get at uh, iheartradio.com but the um the andy jackson went through 
um, three different prior occasions where the executive director of uh, the Board of Elections, Karen Brinson Bell, has attempted to do these very things three different times. First, you know, she went to the legislature. They shot her down on most of her requests. She then went to the Rules Review Commission, a bureaucratic rulemaking uh, board, and they shot her down. And then she sent a memo to the county boards of elections telling them to basically disregard certain uh, right. law. So, like, this is this is a pattern. She has been trying to do this for a long time. And in the face of all of this, the News and Observer with a story out yesterday morning talking about Josh Stein and a an investigation that his office did on on something uh, Medicare compliance or Medicaid billing compliance. Uh, for a, a pharmacy or a testing agency here, Mako Medical, and at the same time, the maximum contribution limit was provided to Stein's campaign by uh, by one of the officers for the company. Well, that looks hinky, and generally, when you're the AG, you got to be extra careful. Stein says he didn't know the investigation was going on at the same time this was going on. So, the question becomes then: Is Josh Stein taking money and knowingly? taking it for this purpose or the alternative is josh stein is so unplugged about what's going on in his office you're the ag for north carolina and you don't know about investigations concerning large companies in your own office because he's too busy doing the bidding of the democratic party i can't think of an alternative other than those two well, you, you, well, there's a third possibility, which is that he's too busy not representing the legislature and trying to figure out ways out of cases that they need his uh, help in. I mean, like the guy, it, it's amazing that you could run for an office and then promise and uh, ru- basically run a campaign to promise that you're not going to do the job, which is what he did. Right. I'm not going to represent the legislature <laughs> in matters. Uh, and that's one of the beefs, you know, on this board of elections case as well, that the state legislature, they were co-defendants. And this consent agreement was entered into without their knowledge as a co-defendant. So they were never advised. Like, yeah, it's just it's another in a long pattern uh, out of uh, this attorney general's office and honestly out of Roy Cooper's as well. He was doing the same sort of stuff before he ran for governor. Bill Berger and Tim Moore with a 1030 press conference today. I don't know exactly what they're going to tell us. Uh, it will be on this issue. Uh, they are, as you pointed out, they're on this, and I don't know how much ability they have to push back, but um, hopefully we see something. Do you think that the feds would attempt to intervene here? I don't know. Um, I do know, well, WBTV down in Charlotte, Nick Oxner just did a story that uh, under the open meetings law that a judge could void the board's vote if any member of the public were to successfully challenge the closed session vote in court, because this is another layer of it, which is uh, in North Carolina, as an elected body, you're not supposed to be taking votes in closed session. You can have, you know, you can try to get a consensus, get a, you know, a feel of the uh, read of the room, find out where everybody is on a particular issue. You can get attorney client privilege, but you can't take votes and then enact policy and such outside of the view of the public. And that's what they apparently did. Uh, And so that might actually uh, be a challengeable vote if somebody so chooses to do so. Well, I'm I'm sure somebody will at (laughs) the end of the day. (laughs) They'll Uh, find someone, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, Pete Callender, uh, as you pointed out, you can get your show on the iHeartRadio app. Um, you can, you're on, you're like basically if that is a podcast, uh, Pete's there, right? Yeah, pretty much every platform, but uh, the PeteCallenderShow.com, you can get all of the links to everything uh, or go to your, you know, go to iHeartRadio and you'll find the app there as well. All right, man. Appreciate it. We'll talk next week, okay? Hi, right, buddy. Thank you. Have a great weekend, everyone. 